Hello and good morning. Uh, I just wanted to re-record this video. Uh, I tried to record something yesterday, immediately after the Raptors game. Uh, it it didn't come out as well as I wanted it to. Um, I was pretty emotional at the time. Uh, maybe my analysis wasn't quite quite up to snuff. Um, and I, I just think that there was actually a lot in this game to, to sort of talk about, to sort of break down and look at, apart from just sort of the general frustration uh, that I had with, you know, the refereeing and all of that stuff. So I'm, I'm going to try to put all of that stuff aside and really just talk about the scheme, uh, talk about what we got out of our players, yada, yada, so forth, so forth. Um... And, I mean, I think we should start with Pascal Siakam. Uh, so, the thing is, with Pascal Siakam, uh, we've we've seen this for a while, right? He's had a long, a long 2020, basically. It, it feels like since the year has started, really since we're, we're about to come up on the very end of it. I think our last game of the season is against the Knicks. Uh, so yeah, essentially all year, Pascal has sort of struggled to, to put it together. He's just having not really, uh, the best time. And I think that groin injury from a while ago really kind of threw his rhythm off because before that he looked explosive, he looked faster. Um, now he, he doesn't look as, as engaged. Um, he doesn't look as fast, honestly. And he doesn't really look as creative either. Uh, like during the down the stretch, a lot of the time it, it felt like he would just take the ball and he would just run into the paint without like a plan or without a, a second move or, uh, you know, he would just run into Joel Embiid in the paint and, and get swatted or get uh, get the shot altered too much that he can't finish it. And I mean, that's pretty unproductive, like, and it, it showed today. Um, Pascal had 20 points on eight of on eight of 23 shooting. Uh, pretty bad, pretty bad efficiency wise. Not really the worst game I've ever seen him play, um, but not the kind of game that you, you want to get out of him. Uh, I don't think he's the reason that we lost this game, unlike a lot of people. Um, but he, he definitely didn't, didn't put up, uh, the way that we thought he would. Um, another thing that really frustrated me about this was that it, it didn't really seem like he was bringing it defensively either. Um, like it, it seems like today he sort of settled into this weird role as just a scorer for us, um, which is weird because, you know, for the last, like, few games, he's really been emphasizing his playmaking, and, and it's been to great effect, I think, honestly. Like, Siakam looks much better. Um, he's still having the same problems getting to the paint, uh, but, I mean, when he's able to get to the paint and make the extra pass and set a dude up, that, that hugely helps the offense, and I think... If if we can get that out of Pascal more uh, consistently, then I think that that would actually really help the the Raptors get uh, back on track at this point. But having Pascal literally come up with zero assists, uh, on addition to you know just a subpar night at pretty much every other aspect of the game, it's really just frustrating. Um. I'm sure he's frustrated with himself, and I mean we've we've all been in the situation, not just in basketball but in life, where we 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 underperform, or it feels like we've continually been underperforming, and it's it's hard to get out of that sort of mental mental side of it. So I really hope Pascal is uh, just just learning, and I think I think that if he's Sorry, I'm recording this in the morning, so uh, I'm I'm getting a little, a few of the the yawns out. But hopefully, 
hopefully you can still understand what I'm saying. So if Pascal is going to be a first option, he needs to learn how to be more resilient from a mental perspective. Um, like the the real thing here was that he wasn't really getting the whistle. I, I know I said I wasn't going to, you know, make this about uh, ref play. And I'm really not going to go into the conspiracy side of things. It's just that, you know, Pascal doesn't really draw contact. He had zero free throw attempts today. And I mean, I guess, you know, somewhat you can understand that he's frustrated with that, with the the general scheme being against him scoring specifically. Uh, he had Ben Simmons on him, Joel Embiid in the paint. Like it's it's not a it's not an easy uh, set of circumstances for him to operate under. And I mean, we've seen him struggle in basically this exact situation before. So, like I I'm not surprised that it wasn't a good game, but uh, yeah, just a lot of the stuff that we saw from him, especially in that fourth. Uh, he was turning the ball over. He was just missing shots. He was fouling dudes. Um, not playing very good defense. Uh, William Liu talked about this on his podcast, but apparently he he had committed he committed five fouls in the fourth quarter. Not even in the fourth quarter, but in like the last I think it was like eight minutes of the fourth quarter, he committed five fouls and fouled out, which, um, like. To me, it seemed like he he was just frustrated being in the game. Uh, I'm not, like, accusing him of fouling out intentionally, but, like, it just seemed like he didn't want to be there after a certain point. And, I mean, I I think that sort of translated into his play. And, uh, I mean, we just started paying this guy his max extension. Um, You would hope that he uh, sort of elevates his game to the money, right? Um, rather than letting it sort of slip as he has for a while now. But um, there's there's definitely still a lot for us to to look for with Pascal. Um, he had a lot of trouble just breaking people down, like off the dribble or anything. And I mean, like I said, that's partially just an extension of the fact that we're playing Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Like the Simmons are a good defensive unit. They have the sort of length. They have the defenders to really bother Pascal, even Tobias Harris. Like it feels like he, he he did pretty well with Pascal when he was switched on to him, just because Pascal has issues just dealing with length in general. It feels like, uh, specifically because he doesn't have all of these moves that he can go to. Or at least if he does, he he never seems to employ them. Uh, it's to me it it doesn't even seem like he's trying to make second moves at the basket, you know. Because I mean that's that's essentially how you attack the rim, right? You you break a defender, or you you break a defender off uh, off the dribble, or you you know get a step, or you're cutting. Or you get some sort of some sort of advantage over your defender going downhill, and then when you pick the ball up, you euro step or you hop step or you spin or you remember spinning Siakam. Remember when that was the thing that we knew him for? Like you, you do something, and you you can't just run at Joel Embiid or whoever is in the paint and just throw up some bullshit and expect it to go. Um, so I really hope Pascal just works on that aspect of the game. It feels like the game is coming at him a little faster than he's anticipating. Um and it feels like it feels like I don't know. I have I have a lot of theories about what what might be going on with Pascal. Um and I I want to avoid, you know, speculation and conspiracism, but I mean, my main thing is I think that Pascal, along with a lot of the team, is just not very well conditioned right now. Um, Like he, this was actually a game in which he he didn't have to overplay. Um, Like, I'm pretty sure he only played about 35 minutes in this game. I'm just looking at the box score. But uh, yeah, he only played about 35 minutes in this game. 
Uh, but I mean, in the second half, he just looked tired. He looked gassed. Um, and that's really just not acceptable. I mean, he got the second least amount of minutes out of all of the starters, uh, second only to Baines, which, I mean, that's not even how it's really supposed to be allocated. Last game, he led the game in minutes, which, I mean, I thought that was also weird. But, um, yeah, for Pascal to not be able to to deliver down the stretch, uh, it, it just it just seems uh, concerning. And um, like, I think I think a lot of the team is is kind of going through the same thing. Um, like we're expecting Pascal to be ready. Uh, I feel like a lot of guys, Kyle especially, I feel like their jobs would be so much better. Um, if Pascal could just get going. Like, I, I really do feel Pascal is sort of the engine of what we do. Um, that's why I have taken basically the first chunk of this recording, uh, essentially just to talk about Pascal, because I think that at the core of all of the issues that the Raptors are facing right now, I think is Pascal. Um, and... Yeah, you, you, you just hope for better from him, man. Uh, you want him to be a leader. You want him to show it to us at some point, right? You want to you be getting something out of him every night. And, I mean, getting 20 points from 8 of 23 shooting, uh, 6 boards, and basically nothing else all night. No real defensive contributions. Uh bad leadership, bad energy on the court, just bad body language. Uh, he just looked frustrated out there. Uh, and, and yeah, some, some games are just like that, man. Some, some games, you're just having a bad game. You're just not into it, and you just have to brush it off later. But, I mean, this has been a bit of a consistent theme with Pascal, uh, especially uh, in the bubble and since then. So... Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know what to what to do for Pascal at this point. That's just something he's going to have to find a way to work around and hopefully he can. Hopefully Nick Nurse can you know get with him and figure out what the hell's going on. Uh for the rest of the starters, uh briefly I'll, I'll just say Kyle Lowry. He had a he had a pretty good game, honestly. Um like when I was watching the game I was mostly happy with what Lowry was giving us. I just thought that the issue was, like, we're asking him to do way too much. Like, he turned the ball over. Uh, I think it was either the last or second last possession the Raptors really got. Where, you know, he he was trying to just dribble the ball up. And I think they showed him two bodies. I think it was Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons came to stunt. And, like... Lowry uncharacteristically kind of just panicked in that situation. I guess he sort of threw it ahead or or he sort of tried to to put a, a dribble out a little bit and get some some runway and he just he just lost it and that was that was pretty much the end of the game right there. Um not that the game didn't end basically every time that the Raptors made a defensive mistake or not that the game didn't end every time that Pascal turned the ball over uh in the fourth um like there was there was so many points at which the Raptors just could have could have seized the momentum uh but completely squandered the opportunity um and to me the problems that late game execution uh the consistently blown leads to me, all of this speaks of a team that is struggling with an identity right now uh, in a way that I really didn't expect the Raptors to 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 struggle with, honestly. Um, coming into this season, I thought that, you know, it's mostly the same core of guys. Uh, Serge and Gasol are big losses, but, I mean, we've replaced them with decent center depth. I felt like, you know... The talent disparity isn't huge on this roster, uh, and the continuity is enough that we should be able to 
to do similar things to what we did last year. And I think we can still be a similar team to what we were last year. It's just that, I don't know, it seems like Serge and Gasol had uh, pretty significant roles in organizing the defense and the offense, respectively. Um, and, like, that's just something that we're we're struggling with. It, it, we need that communicator on on defense and on offense. Uh, Pascal should really be covering some of that. Um, I think defensively, Pascal is actually, he's supposed to be one of our smartest players, and he, he really is. Um, like, he's not the most amazing defender in the league. I'll, I'll easily admit that. Like I said, today he was borderline bad. Um, but, you know, like on a good day, um, he's he's been playing in this Raptors defense for a very long time. And he's been sort of one of the main switching pieces of it. And when you see him out there, his his switches are very, very well rehearsed. He knows what he's doing. He knows where he should be most of the time. And he knows where other guys should be most of the time. So I feel like that should be something that he steps up to do, uh, communicating on that end of the ball. Tonight, it seemed like Fred Van Vliet um, sort of stepped up and did that a little bit more, um, which is good. Uh, Fred Van Vliet is a good defender. He's smart as well, um, except for uh, that play. At the very end of the game, the real dagger, the real, real dagger, um, where, you know, oh, my God, the the Embiid pump fake, man, it, it needs to be broken down into a science like it's it's the most unconvincing pump fake I've ever seen. I don't think he's going to pull it literally any time. And even if he does pull it, why are you why, why are bigs so eager to run out and contest Embiid when he slowly hurls the ball up for a three at the top of the key. I'm truly unsure, especially when he was one of six for today. Um, but yeah, Baines, Baines was actually doing, and honestly, for the most part, I think he did a good job in not biting too hard on the pump fake. Like he would get right up to Embiid, uh, and then he would put his hands up and then he would widen out and then he would stop, which is like the perfect way to contest that, right? You put your hand up, you make it a harder shot than it needs to be, uh, and you force him to put the ball on the floor. Um, but on that very last possession, uh, Baines, he, he does basically that, except he kind of comes out of position trying to, trying to follow the ball, I guess. And and Embiid uh, gets gets position on him, gets a step in. Fred is so tunnel vision, so scared of what Embiid's gonna do. Uh, Embiid is running into the paint, in towards two defenders, by the way, OG and Lowry. Which, granted, not necessarily the best uh, body front to stop Embiid going into the paint, but I mean. Is Fred Van Vliet also gonna <laughs> stop that? Like, is is Fred Van? Vliet, did Fred expect to come in and maybe he expected to steal the ball, or or maybe he thought he could like get a contest? But I mean, stealing the ball is you know something that Fred's good at, but it, it's not that something that people should be relying on, especially in situations like that where he had to come help off of Embiid and then Seth Curry was just left wide open at the top of the key like and he had he had room and time and space just to breathe I saw him like light up a blunt when he was standing at the top of the key with the ball for a second he he really he was really comfortable out there um and I mean that's you can't have that. We're we're a defensively minded team. Sometimes you just gotta play the numbers, Fred. Uh like Embiid is a problem, but Seth Curry is also a problem when you give him an open three. And I mean 
just mathematically speaking, he's a bigger problem than Embiid is when you give him an open three. I'm sure, uh, I'm just, obviously, his percentages aren't as high as Embiid in the paint, but, I mean, his percentage is about as high as you can get from three. And when when you leave him wide open, that's that's the game right there. And that's pretty much all I really have to say about Freddie's performance tonight, by the way. Really disappointing from the core to see such a such a bad game from both of them, honestly. We're we're looking for these guys to be the leaders of the team going forward at a certain point. Um and yeah, to to just get almost nothing out of them like that, uh very very disheartening. Um yeah. Freddie only had eight points tonight. Uh, shot a couple of threes for the most part. Um, he had some defensive plays. Like, don't get me wrong with this, you know, like 20 minutes of negative energy that I've started the game out on. There was actually a lot from this game that I'm pretty happy about. Um, and just to break it down briefly, um, like defensively, I thought that we were actually pretty good for the most part. We really let them back into the game. Uh, with all of these dumb little fouls that we committed last night, um, I I looked at a lot of those fouls as like, well, that shouldn't have been called, or like, you know, they're they're not giving us the same sort of benefit of the doubt on the other end, and it's like, yeah, um, but really, the Raptors did put themselves in that position most of the time, where it's like, you know. They can, they can just get fouls called on them, and I mean, that's how that's how the Sixers really stayed in this game. Uh, when they were down in the second quarter, uh, I'm pretty sure we gave up an 8-0 run, like almost entirely off free throws, and like one made bucket. Joel Embiid had like 16 free throws in this game. You can tell that the Raptors, um, like. Not having Gasol is, of course, a huge impediment when it comes to stopping Joel Embiid. But you can tell that the Raptors are just kind of afraid of Joel Embiid in a lot of ways. And I mean, he's given us issues before, uh, defensively especially, but even offensively. Um, the fact that the game plan is like entirely based around stopping him um, at the expense of wide-open threes from Seth Curry, uh, that's problematic. That's just an issue. Um, like, we, we can't, we can't play dudes that hard, straight up. Um, like, I don't know, Tobias Harris was able to get a lot of the stuff that he wanted in this game, especially in mid-range, uh, because, I don't know, I think, Maybe people were getting him confused with Ben Simmons. He's he's able to hit those mid-range pull-ups. He's able to hit open threes. Um, he's able to attack the rim. Like, And the Raptors were really just giving him a lot of this stuff. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of issues uh, down, down the stretch. This was supposed to be the positivity section. All right, I'm going to start the positivity talking about uh, the Prince... OG Ananobi, he had a really great game. Um, and this is the kind of game that I feel like we can see so much more of out of OG. Um, just defensively, he was locked in. Uh, he got five steals tonight. He was just he was just in people's pockets. He was just t- reaching out and touching the ball and grabbing the ball from people. It's just taking the ball out of people's hands. It was really impressive. Uh and on the other end, he's hitting threes, hitting, hitting uh, fast break layups and dunks. Like, it, it, was, it was really good. And this is the kind of performance that you feel like you should be able to get more of out of OG. Um, if not shooting threes at that clip all of the time, at least consistently putting that type of effort forward defensively and being that kind of defensive player on a nightly basis. Um if not getting all of those steals, uh, at least being disruptive. Um, so, I mean, you, you, you hope for more of that from OG. Another bright spot. Um, God, I never would have expected to say this, but it really was Stanley Johnson off the bench. Like, he, he looked 
active. He looked engaged. Um, and he, he brought a lot of physicality, a lot of athleticism to the floor, which we needed uh, to keep with the defensive scheme. He played really great minutes on Ben Simmons, just bothering him, just picking him up at half court sometimes. Not, to, not so he could give up the blow-by, which, I mean, you know, we, we see from guys like Norm a lot of the time where he'll pick up DeMar DeRozan at half court and chest up and he's got the arms up like he's about to shoot it. Just just like virtue signal defense from Norm. Um, and I mean, that's not what we saw from Stanley. Stanley was really engaged out there. Uh, he had a lot of uh, just heads up defensive plays. There was this one sequence where, like, they were trying to inbound the ball. Stanley just kept getting in there. Uh, yeah, I, I really liked what I saw from Stanley. Um, then he had that crazy putback dunk. That was that was honestly insane. That was awesome. Like, you, you really like to see that from, from bench guys. And honestly, I am, like, the president of keep Stanley Johnson glued to the bench club. Or at least I have been. But I mean, if he can give us minutes like that, um, not not every night, but against these tougher, sort of more physical matchups, um, and he can sort of take over as that uh, Rondé type role, just sort of as a defensive role player that can give us that extra athleticism, physicality, um, along with Alex Len, who also um, had a better game than I think a lot of people are going to give them credit for um yeah i think they can they can get minutes with this team i think everything i think almost any dude on this team should be able to get minutes um but you know nick nurse's rotations are pretty uh pretty set in stone uh, it seems well actually maybe not set in stone pretty pretty inflexible is is what i'm trying to say um but set in stone, I mean, we had Stanley Johnson, Alex Len, first two dudes off the bench, which is completely new. They literally haven't even played yet. Um, but yeah, so Alex Len, we'll, we'll talk about him briefly. Uh, he had a lot of turnovers in this game. A lot of that just came from dudes trying to set him up on the roll um, with like sort of tough entry passes. And he, he just doesn't have the hands for it. Um, which, you know, that's that's partially on him, but it's also partially on the guys because, I mean, it, it became clear, I think, like, the second time that they did it. Like, he just doesn't have that sort of pick-and-roll pick acumen uh, to be, like, you know, catching the ball, make making a move, and getting to the basket. Like, you, you, you kind of just have to, you know, throw it up for him, hope he gets there. Um but I mean, defensively, he he played good minutes on Embiid. Honestly, I think, uh, not a lot else to say about it. Honestly, uh, but yeah, he he brought a lot of size, athleticism, uh, defensively, not just on Embiid. He really, in general, he he looked kind of good as the as like the the real anchor in the paint. Uh, not that he's like a defensive anchor in the sense of like being some awesome defender. You 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 get what I'm trying to say. Uh Norm just a, another bad game from Norm. I don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh like Norm's just had bad games since since the bubble started really. I mean, he had that one uh OT game in game 6 against Boston that he played really well in. Other than that, pretty much bad performances throughout. And I mean, I don't know. It seems like we're really getting a problem having these, or we're really having a problem getting these guys going. Uh, Norm, Pascal, Freddie, the consistency has just been non-existent um, since the year has started, really. Like... Well, okay, for for Norm, it it uh, it wasn't since the year started, but since, really, since all of this uh, pandemic stuff started and all of the Tampa Bay stuff had to happen, uh, it seems like it's really affecting dudes. Um, 
think Norm has to be a part of that. Uh, it seems like, you know, he's just a little uncomfortable out there. Uh, and that's that's not me excusing his play, because, I mean, he's he's been in this league for almost, what, five, six years at this point? You, you just got to play better. I mean, he, he looks like a rookie out there for the most part. He came in, he hit a couple of threes, uh, and, I mean, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe Norm is ready to put it together today, but it, it just, it just never materialized, um, but Nick Nurse rode with him for 18 minutes, and I mean, I think, I think he played about 20 or 22 last game, so I mean, you know, it's possible that we're gonna start to see Norm's minutes get cut into a little bit if he can't figure it out. What I'm worried about is that, and I, I, I kind of want to talk about this sort of as a, a general sort of aside towards uh, how the Raptors rotation is built. What worries me is that last year, when he really got going, was when we put him in the starting lineup because Fred was out. Fred was out, uh, and he was playing with Kyle. And he he flourished. He, he looked really good as the starter, uh, getting that consistent chunk of minutes, being somebody that's consistently asked to create offense um so I mean him struggling so much uh coming off the bench it feels like cutting into his minutes is more likely to exacerbate the problem rather than fix it but at the same time you you can't really expect Nick Nurse to uh or you can't you really can't even like hope that Nick Nurse is gonna just ride with him uh, play in big minutes and, you know, hope for him to work out these kinks. Um, but, I mean, you want to see more of what we saw from last year, Norm. Uh, and, I mean, that's that's obviously got to still be in there somewhere. But, uh, yeah, just, just not a lot from Norm at all, really. And... Uh, William Liu, again, I mean, he's he's uh, one of the better, I think, analysts in terms of just, like, breaking down, like, the stuff that's actually happening in these games. Uh, but, yeah, William Liu pointed out that, like, when the scoring isn't coming from Norm, you kind of realize how empty most of the other aspects of his game are. He's not a rebounder. He's not a playmaker whatsoever. And, I mean, most nights, he's not a very good defender either. Uh, tonight, he was just as bad, uh, potentially even worse. Uh, I mean, yeah, just... So you, you, you really hope, hope Norm is going to figure it out. Uh, Matt Thomas also only got, like, eight minutes. But, I mean, I, I think that for what we asked him to do, in terms of just randomly coming off the bench in the fourth quarter uh, for the first time. I think that he did about as well as you can expect. Um, but, yeah, Chris Boucher as well. Um, he played only four minutes and went 0 of 3 in this game, one rebound. Uh, that was a little bit frustrating from Nick Nurse, not because I expected Chris Boucher to, like, get these crazy minutes, like 35 minutes or whatever, but because Nick Nurse specifically outlined a strategy of putting Boucher at the four uh, for some of the night um, to give us additional size out there, uh, let us compete a little bit more in rebounds uh, when they have big lineups out. And that literally just did not happen tonight. Uh, they didn't even try it. Chris Boucher was glued to the bench, only went in there for a few minutes when Dwight Howard was in there. And, you know, even with Dwight Howard, it looked like he couldn't really handle the physicality of it. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you you just... I'm not really mad at Boucher for, for this, but I think Nick Nurse really did flub up the rotation there uh, to not even employ the strategy. And this is the thing, right? I've always known Nick Nurse or I've at least thought of Nick Nurse as a guy who's going to be able to experiment with his rotation. Uh, 
and like really, really get the most out of his guys because he's willing to play guys in positions where they're better able to succeed uh, by being experimental. And I mean, I thought that that Chris Boucher at the four lineup, I thought that sounded great. I thought that would have helped us out a lot. Uh, I thought his energy could have been good for the team, but I mean, it just didn't happen. And uh, yeah, let's let's break down these rotations a little bit. Um, Nick Nurse is actually catching a lot of heat from Raptors fans in general uh, on this three-game losing streak because of his rotation. Um, and to an extent, like, those are valid critiques. Uh, like, I, I think that Nick Nurse is mismanaging minutes here. But at the same time, you you kind of have to understand what he's been forced to to deal with. And I think this is the crux of our rotation issue it's it's really the backcourt it's really the fact that we insist on playing Kyle Lowry and we insist on playing Fred Van Vliet and we insist on playing them at the same time for the most part uh which you know it doesn't put a lot of size out um the defense it's there for the most part but it's really just you're impressed about how defensively good they can be um for their size right they are good defenders just in general but i mean that's most of what we get from them is sort of just like them up playing their size rather than like providing sort of a consistently good defensive threat uh, on everybody um and then offensively uh it's two short point guards uh you know aren't great creators aren't you know, Trey Young, Steph Curry types, uh, operating in pick and roll with a pick and Arbe who went one of eight from the field. Not super mad at Baines for that, by the way. I mean, it's it just is what it is. Alex Len also uh, didn't do very well attacking the paint. It, it it just is what it is against Joel Embiid. But I mean, you you start to see really how. Uh, maybe not bad, but like, it's just not an optimal fit, I don't think, to have both of these guys trying to run as the backcourt all of the time. Uh, like, I don't know. The The ideal situation, I think, would have been if Norm was allowed to start in that starter's position uh, early on with Fred still coming off the bench immediately after that championship run but then again maybe Fred Van Vliet has really asserted himself in practice uh and I mean he seems like a much bigger sort of leadership figure on this team so maybe Nick Nurse doesn't want to sort of take that thunder away or undermine that in any way and I mean it's it's this isn't me like literally saying Fred Van Vliet needs to get benched it's just I'm thinking that the crux of the issue with guards that we're having is coming from the fact that we have two six-foot guards that we're committing to playing 36 to 40 minutes a game. Uh, it, it doesn't let these other guys get in. Uh, and the first guy that I think should have gotten in at some point today, um, a lot of people expect me to say Malachi Finn here, but it's actually Terrence Davis. Um and look, I I know the Terrence Davis situation is sticky and complicated and it, it doesn't look good right now. Uh, and I mean, potentially that's the reason why he's just not getting minutes straight up. But I mean, all right, let me qualify this by saying that uh, abuse, um, that's completely unacceptable, like domestically or really in any sense, that's completely unacceptable. And if we come to a point where, um, I forget when his trial is, but if we come to a point in the trial where, you know, either Terrence is, uh, you know, like he's convicted of that, um, and like, you know, it's proven that he did that. Uh, not that I, I don't even really doubt that he did it, but like, if we come to that point, you know, I, I wouldn't really want to keep him on the team uh, just because I think it does send a bad message uh, for a lot of people. And 
it, it, it's just a distraction, honestly. But I mean, while we're we're waiting for all of that stuff to happen, I don't see a point. I don't see to whose benefit it is really uh, for us to not be playing him. Uh, I don't think it's to his benefit whatsoever, um, because you know it, it. It seems like his future with the Raptors specifically is very much in limbo right now, but not in the NBA. Uh, I think Terrence Davis is an NBA player uh, through and through, honestly. Um, what it, what he showed from us last year, he wasn't as great in the bubble, which, you know, common theme. Uh, but last year, he, sh- he showed a lot of sparks of he, he made an all rookie team, I think. Like he was he was all rookie. I think I really think that he he can be good in this league. And I mean, you want he wants to put up tape. So that, you know, considering if the Raptors were to cut him or if he had to move on, he'd be able to get paid by somebody else. I mean, even if the Raptors don't cut him, uh, I'm pretty sure his contract was only a two year. So, I mean, at the end of this year, he'll be a free agent, unrestricted, I believe. Um, and he'll be able to sign wherever he wants. So, I mean, to to have him glued to the bench and not able to uh, to make a case for himself on addition to what's what's already out there about him that that really hurts him uh and i mean you know should we be doing him favors eh, maybe not but i mean it would also be to the benefit of the raptors uh to get what he can bring i mean he brings a lot of pop offensively he can attack the rim at times he can hit threes he can cr- create occasionally he's not a great creator uh, but he can create like a lot of a lot of what he brings is stuff that we would have needed in this game. And I think that had we seen maybe like 12 minutes of him, we could have seen, you know, something he could have got. He could have given us something. Uh, and yeah, like I said, it's it's hard to to find a role for these guys to play Um when you're committing to giving Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet 37 minutes. Uh, and, I mean, a lot of those minutes Fred plays, he has to play at the two. Because, I mean, as a point guard, as a real, like, runner of the offense, he, he doesn't really he doesn't really do that well. Um, which, all right, that's, that's also where I think there could be an improvement off the bench um coming in the form of wait for it pat mccall yeah yeah um i'm at that point where i'm actually thinking you know if pat mccall can get healthy soon um and deandre bembry can also be sort of like sort of a junior version of what we get from mccall i would say mccall is a little bit less aggressive uh than Bembry, but I mean, Bembry isn't really the shooter that McCaw is uh, defensively. I'd say, you know, Bembry might be a little bit better, but I I don't think it's a huge difference. And Pat McCaw has a size advantage. Um, But I think I think Pat McCaw actually is a better playmaker than Bembry is. I think he's just a little bit smarter uh, when it comes to that. And I mean, I think that having that sort of real tertiary playmaker sort of utility guy i think that actually could be really really helpful for this team um and i mean it's been a crazy year if i'm saying that like i i really was not a huge fan of the pat mccall minutes last year but like yeah i'm at the point where i think that he should probably be getting minutes um well when he's healthy uh malachi flynn of course, you'd love to see minutes from him. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm anticipating at some point, maybe in the next uh, few games, he's going to get some sort of run. Because uh, I mean, you know, we're playing the Knicks. So hopefully Nick Nurse can just sort of take a deep breath and really evaluate what we're doing there. Um, if we're If we have to play the starters like a significant amount of minutes against the Knicks just to stay in the game, or even potentially lose the game, then, dude, I, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to have to take a break from, from Raptors basketball, um, at least for like a week or something after that. But yeah, uh, Malachi Flynn, hopefully we can, we can get him in the game sometime. But yeah, this, this guard issue, it's really discouraging, um, to think about in the long term because i mean it's 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 a very difficult situation you don't want to obviously get rid of kyle lowry kyle lowry is sort of the engine of the team right but fred van vliet's making money for this team now he's been established as the starter so it's it's hard to to really find a way to to take him out of that um so I, I don't know, maybe maybe they're just going to have to figure out something else or just to figure out a, a better way to to handle that sort of uh, issue. Or maybe Nick Nurse is just going to have to get a little bit more experimental. Like maybe maybe Freddie should be playing the two all of the time. Like and maybe you put somebody like Bembry or somebody like Pat McCall when he's healthy at the point guard position uh, when when uh what's his name sorry kyle is out of the game uh, and freddie can continue to play off ball because i mean really that's that's where he functions it's where he thrives he's he's a good shooter not a great attacker of the rim sometimes he's a good passer out of doubles and stuff like that but you know he's he's a little bit limited by his size and i mean we we really do need that secondary playmaker and if it's going to be not Pascal tonight, you know, literally zero assists, literally zero assists. Um then like yeah, I mean Malachi Flynn might even be able to take over that role. Uh and I mean he's got sort of the defensive acumen or at least he's displayed it in previous times where you know, maybe we can actually work with that at times uh, just to get Lowry some, some more rest while, while he's out of the game. But, I mean, yeah, uh, that's, that's pretty much everything that I wanted to cover. Uh, not going so much into specific plays with the Raptors. I think that for the most part, I think the Raptors actually did play pretty well. It's just that this last few minutes of the fourth quarter thing has really really started to started to kill the the Raptors and like I said I think this is more of an issue of a team that is struggling to find and assert itself uh with an identity um and I mean I think that's really just gonna come with time like the the guys are gonna have to find new ways to mesh we're gonna have to uh, run that that new offense that we're running a little bit more effectively. You can tell um, in the first quarter and the second quarter, they're running the new offense. It looks good. Uh, things are flowing well. But then in the third quarter, it seemed like they got away from it a little bit. And then in the fourth quarter, nothing was coming together. And uh, Kyle is sort of trying to force force action so he's he's running that pick and roll and it's just not as effective with Baines as it was with Ibaka like just not the same level of chemistry there I think that's also just sort of like a time spent thing but I mean it it just didn't look good down the stretch and having that be basically the crux of what the offense was that and Pascal just running at the rim uh down the stretch, uh, that's problematic. That's just an issue. Uh, uh, there was one play, I think Fred Van Vliet got a screen and uh, he just pulled up for three without anybody else seeing the ball at all. Just random pull up three. And I mean, it wasn't like a, a bad shot or anything necessarily from like a contestedness standpoint, but I mean, it just it just wasn't a very smart play. And, I mean, there was a lot of that down the stretch. So, hopefully the Raptors can really just figure out what it is that they need to iron out here. Hopefully Pascal can 
just sort of get his head together, uh, put it together, have a few good games. We just need a lot of positive momentum at this point. I think the Raptors, uh, I think an 0-3 start is a little bit exaggerated as to how bad that actually is. Like, a lot of good teams have started out 0-3. I remember, uh, well, I don't remember this. I, I I don't remember this from, like, first-hand experience. But I do remember reading, um, like, there was, uh, I think it was 2007, the Mavericks. They won MVP. Uh, when Dirk won MVP and they won 67 games, they started that season out 0-4. Um, so, like, it's it's certainly possible for us to, you know, have to work out the kinks and then, boom, uh, we figure it out and we're rolling. Um, and I think that that will happen to some extent. I think there will be a part of the season in which, you know, we won, like, 10 straight games. We look pretty unbeatable and, you know... I'm on Reddit talking to all of these blog boys that have been telling us that we should trade Pascal and Norm for picks or for James Harden or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, you you don't know that for sure. Um, and if this is somehow the start of a Raptors era, that's just completely defined by, you know, being bad. Like, if, if we somehow managed to go like O of 72 on the season, uh, then, hey, I was incorrect. I was incorrect about the Raptors. Uh, I was incorrect about Mark and Serge uh, and their level of impact. Um, but, you know, that's yet to be seen. So we're, I'll, I'll cut it off there. But uh, we're, we're going to New York on Friday nights or no, on Thursday nights. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can pull out something better than what we got as an overall product tonight.